Good morning and good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. So excited to be here. We have some Marvel news. We have some alternates talk and we have alternates talk on top of that. As always, I am Christian Blatt. Next to me is Michael X. Shirley making the X popular long before everyone else. Putting the X in everything. Michael Shirley, thank you, sir. It's me. And, uh, of (laughs) course, uh, Count Eric Connor. Uh, I've never actually seen the paperwork. You're just a self-proclaimed Count. Um, But uh, that's all right. It takes a while in 2023 to to go through all the red tape to be formally uh, recognized. But thank you. I appreciate you trusting me on this. And, of course, we welcome back to the show our friend Jordan Bloom. Jordan, thank you for being here. Obviously, we're happy to have you any day. But uh, let's just start out right away by mentioning that if you go to your local comic book shop right now, like at this very minute, the, the two that I like actually just opened 15 minutes ago. So you can get The Alternates, which is uh, your new series in the uh, the Minor Threats uh, universe, which is a show we, uh, excuse me, not a show yet, which is a book that we had you on uh, to talk about uh, a few times. Uh, so uh, take a quick moment and explain The Alternates, and then we'll dive in a little bit more in depth. But uh, I just wanted to make sure we get to it at the top of the show. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back and, and uh, very excited to talk alternates with you, our alternates, and then alternates in the Marvel Universe. But uh, ours is our first spinoff from uh, Minor Threats um, from Dark Horse. And it is uh, sort of a love letter to the early days of Vertigo, where uh, you would have your Animal Man's or Swamp Things, or kind of C-list characters who were, you know, pulled into these um, kind of uh, mature reader stories. So ours is kind of a metatextual tale of of uh, a bunch of C-listers who were, um, you know, uh, who go over to this this mirror universe uh, uh, and then end up spending three years as these these sort of um, uh, uh, better versions of themselves and these bigger stories, these kind of four-dimensional stories, and then they're pulled back into their superhero universe where they are thrown into their their old lives and they're sort of having withdrawal and it's. A, it's a story about addiction of um, being rebooted and missing the old life you had when you were a much more interesting, powerful superhero and them kind of coming together when they discover that stuff from this, this alternate uh, reality has made its way over this energy into their world as a street level drug that is, is warping reality. So it's kind of up them to stop it or possibly give, give into it and, and go back to these old lives. So yeah, the, uh, the, the, the takeaway, uh, of course, is always uh, for the kids out there, drugs are bad, but drugs from an alternate reality timeline are even worse. So yeah. it's, uh, it's important that uh, you double down uh, on that. And yeah, and, and uh, for people who may or may not remember, uh, you were also at the helm of the MODOK TV series. And uh, I talked to you about that, how one of my favorite things was the usage of C and D list characters like the armadillo and 
some of the others. So uh, I do love the idea from Minor Threats and also here in the alternates that these are, you know, yes, these are all unique, uh, fully, you know, 100% created uh, by you and your team, you know, no, no patent pending, uh, no lawsuits pending, but you kind of get the feel like, oh yeah, I kind of, I can think of a character that's like this, that would be in this situation. And yeah, you can just uh, imagine sort of the uh, support groups that uh, would build up uh, around it. Yeah. It's a support group for rebooted superheroes who are missing the other lives they once lived. And I think, you know, right. how weird it would be if one day you're the Doom Patrol and you're in these kind of, you know, giant DC crossovers and you're hanging out with Superman. And then, you know, the next month, Grant Morrison is writing your life and it's very different. (laughs) (laughs) Previous month. uh, Right. Yeah. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're Kitty Pride trapped in a, in, in, on Muir Island, you know, in, in like a canister trying to not disintegrate completely. And then at some point you're like, did I used to be one of the X-Men? What, what happened? <laughs> you know, I, now I can't even have a solid hand. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about, you know, because the lineup changes, uh, obviously for team books with the creative people a lot of times. And, uh, you know, it would have been funny if one time it was like, you know, somebody forgot to tell Ben Grimm that uh, She-Hulk moved into the Baxter building. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, we just want to go a different way. You know, bands do that a lot. They're like, yeah, yeah, we got we got somebody new. You're out. But uh, we forgot to tell Benji. But uh, I, I, I love the idea of, you know, sort of the fallibility, I guess, of these superpowered uh, characters and how difficult uh, it can be to deal with all of that. And we will talk more about the book and we will talk about some of our favorite characters from the book. And uh, of course, we'll talk about our favorite alternate timeline, alternate time travel story, Marvel characters. So if you start thinking about that, all of our great friends in the chat, uh, you can start suggesting those. But if you do me a favor and wait until we're talking about it to suggest them, it'll be a lot easier for me to find it in the chat. But please, whenever you want to put them in there, go ahead. But we do have a little bit of news. Uh, Obviously, the next big MCU project is Loki next month. But the next in the theaters will be the Marvels. And uh, what I think is a a great, uh, a great, IMAX poster. Obviously, we've got Carol Danvers front and center. Uh, we've got Ms. Marvel. And I actually don't think they've told us, are they calling her Sentinel? I mean, she's not going to be the other Captain Marvel like she was when, when I started reading comics. But Monica Rambeau, Marvel character of, of a name that I don't think we know yet. And, and if they've announced it, Daniel Drew in the chat will tell me right now. But uh, it's a it's a pretty cool looking poster and uh, letting you know that IMAX is the way to see it. And uh, uh, obviously I want to describe it for our audio audience. And uh, also our audio audience is going to miss out a little bit because what I've learned about doing this sort of thing, uh, you know, doing shows on YouTube is that whenever possible, it's in your best interest to not share videos where you play the sound. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're just going to take a look and we're going to see what they're calling uh, a new look. And, you know, we're getting to see the characters. It's very quick. It's 30 seconds. It's not, I, I don't know, maybe it's going to be a television spot, but we're just, they're doing a good job of hyping you up for the movie. And I'm uh, removing like 80% of that hype by not playing the music, but, you know, just kind of seeing a lot of it, getting to see, 
uh, getting to see Kamala Khan in action with Carol and with Monica Rambeau. I, I don't know. It's it's exciting to me. And uh, I uh, I hope that uh, this does well. I know that uh, there's a little bit of some mixed results uh, for recent output from the MCU. But uh, as you look at that, Jordan, what are your thoughts uh, for the Marvels, which is our next big screen foray, foray into the MCU? Well, I have the same question about Monica. Are they calling her Photon? Are they calling yeah. her what? And uh, she got her own poster, and I think it says Captain Rambo is what they're calling it. Interesting. Okay. Like Commander <laughs> Rambo, Captain Rambo, something I, like that. Yeah. I guess we can work with that. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you know? It's, yeah. it's not the best. It's not the best on the, the action figure packaging, which uh, Jordan, I know, is uh, <laughs> you, you, and yeah. I, you and I both feel like that's fairly important. But you know? I, I bet you... Kamala, I bet you a running gag will be Kamala wanting to name her a superhero name and Photon will be thrown out. That feels like a, you yeah. know, she's a fan girl. She's right. not a fan for her not having a code name. That'll probably be a yeah. running gag, I bet. It, it's, it's kind of a tradition going back to Batman Forever when, uh, you know, when Chris O'Donnell is trying to figure out what he should be called and one of the names he throws out is Nightwing. You know, so it's always yeah. like, hey, we know you. We know what you want it to be. We, we can hear that. Uh, I want to know what uh, what you think, uh, Michael, about, uh, you know, these images. Uh, you were complimenting that poster before we started. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I know you're uh, you, you won't go see it in IMAX or the theater, but, you know, whatever, nah. 45, 60 days when it ends up on Disney Plus. Yeah. What's your excitement level? Uh, I have. I have, I I hope for the best. I always expect the worst. I think all the young, <laughs> the young female readers and uh, all the people that came out to see Captain Marvel and made it such a good turnout. Uh, I feel like they'll be back for this. I think it'll be more exciting to see this female team. Uh, I love a female team. I loved when they made the X Men an all female team for a little bit. Yeah. That was just the craziest thing and, i mean to me. there's a good chunk of the 80s where it was it was the ex-women parentheses and wolverine you know yeah, it was like, they weren't they weren't getting him out but yeah. uh it was yeah it's yeah true. we all know that um, the women kind of carry the marvel universe and i think marvel's been pretty open about you know agreeing and knowing that you know their female characters really round out and make their universe uh very cool poster. I want to see what Kamala's outfit looks like. That looks very Captain America. Like I don't, I don't know. Uh, it looks yeah, like they've I, probably got so they've like souped it up for her to go out in a space. You know, it seems like it's that trick. Yeah. You know, but it, but in in some of the scenes that we were showing earlier, uh, I do think that it, it looks like it looks very. It's very reminiscent to the, the suit that we saw, you know, on the TV series. It's just, you know, I feel like it's going to be a, a little bit, a little bit flashier, uh, you know, in some way, shape or form. Uh, Eric, as you take a look at that and uh, we'll, we'll kind of run that off to the side again on mute. Uh, but uh, as you look at all this, Eric, uh, your mm -hmm. thoughts about uh, the Marvels. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much excited about it. And, in, in you know, not calling Michael Shirley cynical. I have lots of words to describe Michael <laughs> Shirley. Cynical oh would goodness. never be one of them. 
But I, right, so I, I, it's I, not I, even I, noon, and you're throwing shade. Okay, no, 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 there's love, just love. It's it's a Rosh Hashanah tomorrow, man. It's a new year. Oh yes, uh, happy and healthy one I, I, to one of you. Uh, the other two, I, whatever. Ah! You, you, no, I, I, I know, I know, I'm about to uh, to derail things, but I did like how every year uh, uh, Letterman would interact with Paul Schaefer, and it would be some variation of. Uh, oh, it's Rosh Hashanah. I'm probably going to be writing, you know, 5788 on my checks uh, for, you know, un until March, <laughs> you know, until Purim. I, I, I can't quite remember what it was. But anyway, back to what you were talking about, sir. For a translation of that joke, please uh, find us on X or any of the social media platforms. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about this. I, I think, you know, we've talked about, you know, the Young Avengers, a female-led Young Avengers feels like the thing they they're just down the street from, and, and I know they have 25 projects in the queue. Um, not to mention another 20, they seem to have set up in these like, you know, various movies in this phase. But, but this one feels like, you know, it, it's a smart variation of what they've done. Um, it looks like it has a good energy to it. I, I don't know if any of us were, I can't speak in Jordan. I don't recall if uh, we talked about Captain Marvel with you, you know, maybe not one of the home run MCU films, but Brie Larson clearly is a, you know, a great actor, a good presence on screen. Um, and I mean, Miss Marvel was such a treat as a show and even just a little bits of the trailer showing her interacting with them. Um, I, I would like to see them though, like, you know, as good as the actor was played uh, Monica, you know, um, I, 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 you didn't get much from her. Like I couldn't sit here and tell you five personality traits about her based off the show based off of uh, wandavision wandavision but yeah. I, I hope they sort of balance her so she's not just kind of like i don't know the the straight man of the three of them uh because obviously in the comics it's an interesting character so i i just hope yeah and i've yet to see in these trailers exactly what she as a persona is bringing to the table but i'm i'm genuinely excited about this film and yeah marvel needs a success they absolutely need this thing to and not just in financial, but like to actually click with people, mm -hmm. uh, to make yeah. people talk and I, get excited again I, about the franchise. You know, we talked about how it's uh, obviously good for the film to uh, push the release date when you feel like it needs more work and it's not ready. But uh, the thing that you can't push is the uh, movie tie-in Happy Meal schedule. So they burned through the Happy Meal toys uh, back in June. I Are know. Are you going to them again? Uh, no, I actually, you know what? That was definitely something I should have prepared, but uh, I didn't see that we were going to be talking about this until uh, earlier this morning. But uh, yes, I do have a goose who uh, sticks the tongue out. And, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it, that goes a long way, you know, it's uh, because uh, every time we drove by that, uh, every time we drove by the Warner Brothers lot and my daughter saw the, the big B that she knew meant Barbie she would uh, remind us that we were going to see the Barbie movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I know. So uh, if if every time we went to McDonald's, it turned into like, oh, daddy, the uh, the Marvels is coming out November 12th. I'm like, I know, I know. But uh, yeah, no, I think that there's a lot of excitement. And uh, Daniel Drew. I feel like you're missing uh, just... a, big, a big part here. That oh, what's that? About. This is technically the first X-Men movie. Yes, technically. Kamala is a member of the X-Men. Oh, right. She's in she's the comics, she's the newest she's mutant. A, they yeah. revealed her as a mutant on the TV show, and uh, she is indeed 
Uh, and there's also a, a mutant hound somewhere. You can guess which of the <laughs> tangles. Uh, but yeah, that's a great point. This, that is the it, it's the first X Man uh, in the uh, in the MCU. Uh, just what we were talking about earlier. Daniel Drew said, "I don't think we've gotten a hero name yet for talking about Monica Rambeau. I assume she'll be Spectrum, but we will have to see. He wouldn't mind Photon either, whichever one." Uh, I, I think that the notion that we're not going to get one, at least not in this movie, uh, just so long as they don't do one of one of many, uh, many grievances with the uh, Josh Trank fan fortastic Fantastic Four movie was that very last second when they're like, I know what we should be called. And then it cuts to the logo oh. of Fantastic Four. Yeah, why, I'm why, sorry. You know, I, I, I know I shouldn't that. make anybody why? have to relive that. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I think any time a comic book movie goes... <laughs> Isn't this silly that they're called this? Is like I it's like the biggest slap in the face. I hate that. Like just own it. Just yeah, own that you're called this and you're yeah. making a movie about this character. So I hate that trope a ton. Yeah. The Absolutely. eye rolling. So yeah. We'll have uh we'll have more to talk about as uh, as it gets closer and uh you know, hopefully uh, they're able to promote it in all the uh, traditional ways and uh, you know uh, you know, personally, I don't have an investment in how much the box office is, but I would like it to be a success. I would like I'd like Marvel to have uh, have a win. Put one put one in the W column. As, well, it, uh, Guardians it, was a win, right? That's yes. what I was going to ask. Actually, Guardians did, three was yes. Guardians three a win. I mean, it made yes. money. It did fine, but I, I mean, do you guys feel like Guardians three was like a, a little bit of a bounce back or not? I I, did. I thought it, I, I think I, it's my favorite whatever phase we're in i don't yeah, remember yeah, what yeah. phase we're in but it's my favorite one i I've, I've liked since i don't know yeah it's like Endgame. phase phase four and a half or it's like phase five part zero it's it's very hard to figure it out it, it used to be easy to know which phase we were in but uh they don't want to commit to the next phase and uh yeah i think the uh general reaction and obviously the financial success uh that that is a win and they would like to follow it up with another one i think my feeling is really the fact that we followed up the good feelings of that movie with Secret Invasion on Good Feeling Bust. And uh, I, I won't, uh, Jordan, we talked, we did this show as like an after show. So every week we talked about the most recent episode. Of it Secret was like Invasion going to after. a wake every week. Right? Every it was like week, sitting yeah. Shiva basically for the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I didn't finish it, but I feel like what we're in now. Oh, is, we finished us. It's not superhero <laughs> fatigue. I hate that word. Yeah, uh, it's bad thing fatigue where everything got a pass for years. Yeah. Um, and if you're not good superhero content, people won't watch you. And I think like it just comes down to like the things that were successful this summer were Guardians and Spider-Verse. And those were good movies. Yeah, yeah. I was not a Guardians oh. fan, you guys. You didn't like it, huh? When they killed Floor, I was like, this movie's horrible. This is like, this is killing me. Like, that poor little rabbit. But up, uh, up until that point, the uh, high evolutionary had been fairly likable in your book. <laughs> and the otter, the poor little otter, it was just like, it just crushed me. It was like so watching crazy. Dancer in the Dark. So it, 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 it just so it, it, like, what for Michael? It was two and a half hours of you know basically that opening sequence of up. You know, it was just yeah. like, why are you showing us this? <laughs> that, that was my one 
thing because I really enjoy the film. And anytime you use space hog effectively in a movie, because there's lots of ways <laughs> oh, you can use it less than effectively, you have me. But I, I thought the animal cruelty stuff made. I mean, you hard. just saw I had two dogs literally yeah. jump all over me a second ago. Yeah, I thought that might have been a little bit. It's not so much I can't handle watching it. I thought that was maybe a little cheap, but the rest of it I thought it was great. And Rocket Raccoon is such a fabulous it's a fair trigger warning, I think. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I've seen that stuff before. But Rocket Raccoon as a character, I still mm-hmm. absolutely adore him. And I thought they found such interesting angles on him that deepened the storytelling. So overall yeah. I liked it quite a bit. But I, I, I also, Michael, totally see where you're coming from. Is it felt like maybe the- a touch cheap emotionally to do that to us me the child inside of me would have probably had to been carried out of the theater i probably would have just been losing my mind like when i was little i went to see the movie the witches with angelica houston oh yeah and it was so bad my dad had to take me out of the theater and bring me into the jungle book which had been re-released it, I just I couldn't handle <laughs> like what was going on. The, the bare on. necessities will always uh, settle you. You know, no. I wish I wish my dad had picked me up and brought me into the Jungle Book uh, after I went to see the original animated Transformers the movie, and I watched all of my friends live murdered on screen. You know, so yeah, you know, I guess there's different ways to yeah. take it in. But, but as, as a father, kids need that. I think they need <laughs> to tough true. them up. <laughs> In their childhood love, I remember and, seeing like Last Unicorn and Watership yeah. Down. And I'm like that's oh my gosh. that was the vibe I got from Guardians Three. Those scenes was yeah. like those. No, the, I, I mean, got one. Even even Bambi, Bam, you know, just Bambi's yeah. mom runs yeah. off, and you hear, yeah. you're like, oh my god! I was like six, and I'm the like, horse and never ending story. Yes, you know, and because yeah. he was depressed. It wasn't just that the 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 the, the, the mud guy, the sorrow got him. That was the moment <laughs> he died that because he gave up. <laughs> That was the yeah. death of that yeah, horse. You have to fight. Yeah. All right, all right, chat. Go ahead and tell us uh, the most horrifying on-screen deaths that uh, you've had to, uh, to alternate deaths, though. Not right. You can't go with no, like, no. It's know. all right. And uh, you know, I I always feel bad. For, I, I talk about this a lot, and I know it's a different universe, but we are talking about alternates. I I have said repeatedly, if I never see thomas and martha wayne die again I'm good uh, on i will be very I'm happy good. we good get there. it it's it's sad the and lego it, batman it really out of that though was brilliant i'm gonna give lego wow. batman a pass you know what I'll, i mean you know what's even better <laughs> teen titans go to the movies because they're it's part of a montage where they're That's trying right. to go back in time and stop the origins of all the heroes so they just they just take the wings and they go, oh, go down this street, which is like Happy yeah. Street versus Crime Alley. And then they <laughs> save them. Batman never happens. The future is all messed up. The villains take over. So they have to go back and make sure Krypton explodes. But So they just, Robin takes the wings and pushes them into Crime Alley. You hear gunshots. <laughs> And Bruce Wayne starts crying, and they're like, "We did it!" And then they move on. Uh, it's a great. And movie. and by the way, we can talk about Teen Titans go to the movies on this show because Stanley has a cameo in it. So uh, obviously, it makes it canon. Uh, but uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, find out what uh, the Marvels will have to offer. But uh, let's talk about uh, the alternates specifically, Jordan. Your alternates again, uh, and uh, there are obviously, as always, there are some great. Uh, Variants. I believe this is a variant that. Uh, yes, so that's Tim Seeley, who's also our co-writer. Uh, right. Did that one. Um, that oh, is wow. uh, Crab Louie and Mary uh, the Multi Monster, and then yeah. they're carting away the Divider, who has the ability, a little bit inspired by Multiple Man, who can continually divide himself down into smaller and smaller versions. Uh, yeah. And he he's not making it through the first issue, and there's a bit <laughs> of a 
uh, a mystery surrounding his death that they all kind of team up and decide we've got to figure out what's going on. And, and that's kind of where we start the series. And as with uh, Minor Threats, and uh, you, of course, worked with him as the voice of MODOK, uh, Pat Oswalt is a collaborator on this. And obviously, not just as the voice of MODOK, there is a, a strong tie to him for the MCU from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a character yep. we may or may not ever see him play from the end credit scene from uh, actors, uh, from, sorry, from the Eternals. I'd love to see him as Pip the Troll. I don't see the Pip the Troll uh, uh, Disney Plus series on the slate anywhere, but maybe that's the next phase. I have no uh, uh, inside information. No, I'm you. sure you don't, but talk a little bit about collaborating <laughs> with him. I think one of the reasons that, you know, I think people sort of gravitate towards him because he gets excited about the stuff we do. Like, I think he has a, unless I'm mistaken, but I feel like he has a monologue in like a, a cameo of, uh, in parks and rec and they didn't write what he said. He just like went off about Star yes, Wars. He uh, riffed yeah. on the Marvel yeah, the Star Wars. Wars. He, he yeah. predicted, uh, the, Hey, let's buy all the toys and smash them all together. Uh, corporate mentality <laughs> that is uh, running Hollywood right yeah. now. But, um, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of us. He's a Wednesday warrior. He goes, he reads maybe more comics than I do a week. Um, he's really good at keeping up with the the big two, but also he's got this knowledge that surpasses me when it comes to like indies and new books and creators to look for. So he's got a finger on the pulse, and it's like what we talk about all the time. Obviously, we're working on other TV and film projects, but our love of comics kind of permeates everything we do, and. Uh, it's it's so fun to just talk with someone who gets the deepest reference and can pull from the stuff. And obviously the alternates is heavily influenced by these these Grant Morrison comics and Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman and stuff that, you know, uh, was very popular in in the 90s. And it's kind of us taking a look at why we love them and what does that mean to take a character and reboot them and change them. And, um, you know, it was interesting about those early DC Comics was that it wasn't Vertigo yet. So like Animal Man, Doom Patrol, they had a foot still in the DC universe. And our idea is what happened if that, if you got pulled back into that, but you had the memories of being this, you know, god of crustaceans and you had to go back and become just a dad and an everyday superhero and you'd be yearning for these this other life. So that was kind of the genesis. And, and really Tim Seeley came up with the, with the idea of this book and um, brought it to Pat and I and um, we were, you know, we're huge fans of Tim and um, all the books that he's done. So getting to work with him was amazing. And we just kind of had a writer's room, uh, fleshing out the story, creating the characters. And, uh, you know, from there kind of just would send the scripts back and forth. And um, Scott Hepburn, who was our artist on Minor Threats, did this amazing cover right here, uh, helped design some of the characters with Tim. Um, and then we have uh, Chris Mitten, who has worked on Hellboy, doing most of the interiors, and then Tess Fowler, who had done a cover for us on the previous Minor Threats is doing our kind of flashbacks to this other world, this mature reader's world. So we have two different artists working on the book and it was just a blast. It was just a, a jam. Everyone just kind of throwing ideas in and it all kind of cost and made this book we're super proud of. That is, again, a love letter to a different section of comics, whereas the first Minor Threats was much more about your kind of like, you know, uh, Spider-Man d-lister foes who go and drink at the bar with no name this one is kind of the weirder horror characters of a universe who kind of get pulled into 
to a much bigger story. So, um, you know, we're always influenced by what we read and it's so fun to get to, you know, expand the universe. Yeah. And obviously the, you know, there's story types and and things that uh, come from, you know, from whatever we consume movies, TV, whatever. And uh, I remember talking to when I first talked to you about minor threats, one of the things I liked about it, it was sort of like the, the warriors vibe where they had to get from one part of the city to the other. And uh, were they going to survive it? And I, I always sort of love that thing. Now, uh, Michael and Eric, uh, you uh, had a chance to also read the first two issues and I wanted to uh, give each of you a chance. Now, only the first issue is available this month. The issue, issue two will be out next month, but uh, issue one is available now uh, wherever you get your comics. And uh, I'll ask you first, Eric, your thoughts on the alternates. Uh, well, first of all, I, I think uh, Jordan, it was a bold move. You came on the the Geekscape Blackcast and you, and you spoiled the end of the first issue. Oh. That's a, oh. that, that's a, that's a, it's a unique way, but, you know, I, think I believe that, in the book so much that that's yeah. not even the reason to read it. <laughs> well, and and that's one of the things that was so great about reading this was I, I felt like so much of this was this idea of like you did this and now you're this, like what, yeah, and and so suddenly it becomes like thematically so relatable. You know, maybe for a man of a, a slightly advanced age like uh, you know Michael Shirley or myself, <laughs> uh, where you know so much of what's great about this. The, these two issues is this idea of like they had the ride of their life and what do you do when you get off the roller coaster uh who are they now and and i love that um you know they're they're sort of trying to figure it out and some of them like they have a support group which i thought was amazing uh g- gave me some of the feels of I, I don't know if you guys ever saw i think it was called small fry the um it was a Pixar short where uh, it was all these toys from like McDonald's that were forgotten. Uh, if you've never <laughs> I, I seen think I it, do know it the is, one you mean. yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's so it's like Buzz is there because Mini Buzz replaced them, and it's like with a Ninja Kangaroo and all these toys that failed. But this idea of like, what are we? And and then realizing, in essence, that maybe their lack of value to the world. Or, but does that, does that mean they're going to base their decisions about themselves on an outside perception? So you're dealing with these like huge, like very emotional, dramatic, very relatable themes. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, what you said before, it's not superhero fatigue we face in the cinematic universe. It's, it's bad material fatigue. And this is such great material that it just reminds you, like, you know, when the storytelling's good, when the characters are relatable then you could sort of take them anywhere. And, and I love the specificity of the superhero side of it. Oftentimes I find myself frustrated with comics, with movies where the exact powers is kind of nebulous where you're sort of, I always go back to like, what exactly is Aquaman's powers in the movies? Like he seems to do a bit of everything. Well, if you, if you believe Peacemaker, you know what his power is, but I'll let that, you right, that, that. And I, and why would I not believe John Cena? <laughs> Um, I've I've lived my life by his creeds, but, but I found like even the specificity of the superheroes, like kind of powers, their abilities were great. I love it. I'm so sorry. The character who's just, he's like the route 66. uh, Oh, Tripper. uh, Yeah. He just has an amulet that can find where people need to be going is his only power. I I want that to be, uh, you know, please get this out there, get enough copies so people buy this so I can dress up as him 
in a month for Halloween <laughs> and people know who I'm being. That's really my goal. I always like seeing myself and I, I don't want to, you know, have to dress up as fat Thor again. So uh, <laughs> this is my next superhero. I really feel like I can become so, but doing great work on this. Uh, off to a start, And I definitely uh, thank you for first two issues and third issue. Plus I'm definitely, uh, I will pull myself over to our, local comic book store on olive to uh make you know, sure i get the next you, ones it's okay you could have said house of secrets uh you you know you you could oh, still like, buy the first one that's in stores now if you really want to be able to you know I, fine. Uh, we can I, I we can Jordan's both go it. together after the show today we have uh, a foil cover i'm just saying oh little, let's do it yeah. so oh my can, gosh. can we can we get a, a frosty afterwards yeah, Please. well, Wendy's isn't that far. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm actually trying to think. I'm like, wait, what character was named Frosty? Oh, wait, I'm <laughs> being an idiot. Uh, Michael, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about. Uh, you you can start. You know, you can uh, sing the praises of Crab Louie again if you like. But uh, anywhere you'd like to uh, go as you talk about the alternates. Uh well, I noticed when I when I was reading it, it very much felt like it could have come out in like 1993, like the way the artwork is. Uh, it's uh, very nostalgic and fun. Uh, I definitely uh, can relate to these characters. Uh, my life used to be very exciting. I went from being like a editor of like multiple paparazzi agencies working for Britney Spears. And now I'm just like in Memphis, like, oh, what am I gonna have for dinner? So like, yeah, I definitely get the like, <laughs> The, like uh reminiscing of the heyday and trying to figure out what to make of it and what it all means you know with your life moving forward uh, I think it's very relatable um to a lot of people uh I, I am a big fan of crab Louie I'm despite all the cat videos I post in my Instagram stories the crab is my favorite character I love that you did get a uh, scientifically correct. You gave him a larger claw because all clap crabs have a larger claw. I thought that was really fun. I like how he, uh, he, he gives me like Hellboy vibes, but like sweeter, kind of like you want to like hug him. Then uh, Grim, we've tried to throw in. Okay, but yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, there's a little bit of a just his physique is a little bit like Hellboy as well. You know, not not similar to the character, but it's that presence. Yeah. And I, I think that you know what you're saying about uh, about Ben Grimm is perfect because the you know he really is the the monster with a heart of gold. You know that the the blind woman falls in love with because uh, she she doesn't see him as a big pile of bricks. So uh, yeah, uh, that might be why we all love uh, Crab Louie and uh, Michael. Uh, as as someone whose life was never as interesting as yours, <laughs> slowed down. It's uh you know it, it is that like oh yeah I remember my life before I had kids. You know, <laughs> oh my god, I could, I'd be like, hey, do you want to go to this thing tonight? I'm like, tonight? You need me to, you want me to go somewhere now that I didn't plan a week and a half ago? Well, what time does it start? 9 30? 9 th I'm going to be in bed. No, I'm do not. Do I have to put on pants? 
<laughs> yeah, well, usually. So uh, that was me. That was me before kids, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, so, uh, so Jordan, uh, how many issues is the series, uh, and uh, uh, what's sort of what's uh, what's the schedule for uh, for for the alternates? It's a four issue limited series. It'll be monthly. Uh, they're all done, so there's not going to be any shipping surprises. Uh, yeah. Our editors very I, good yeah, I'm pretty that. sure. I'm pretty sure we're still waiting for the last part of that Kevin Smith Daredevil from like 20 years ago. You know, I think. That, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so no, no shipping delays. That, okay, so it's done. Great. <laughs> done. Uh, and then we are going to be returning to the the Minor Threats main book uh, for volume two, and then there's a bunch of other minis um, planned. So we are spinning off we're expanding but they're all i think as you can feel, have their own tone their own flavor we never want to repeat ourselves and i think that's what we, we tried to do here was tell a very different kind of story that doesn't kind of infringe on on the main story with with playtime this also yeah no and, yeah. I, and i think that uh you know it, it, it in in no way did it feel like all right this is just like minor threats you know what i mean it uh, it is definitely a very unique story which is the way that it that uh, it should go, you know. Like when you get when you get the second movie, uh, it shouldn't just be like, well, what if we take the first movie and put it in an airport? Oh wait, that didn't work, did it? Uh, <laughs> no names, no names. Um, we're gonna talk about our favorite alternates in a minute, but uh, some comments from the chat. Kemi Egan, we were talking about on screen deaths. I cried buckets at the end of VT, uh, but uh, good news, he lives. Lived, that's yeah. what that's what made her cry. She's at the cabin. He was dark. hoping he was dead. That the well, filth, yeah. the, 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 the disgusting, wrinkly the, alien. The, 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 the emotion at the end of ET is nothing compared to uh, what some of us feel about Drew Barrymore right now. But that's Ooh. not that's not this show. Uh, Iron Giant comes to mind. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a good one. And um, I don't know what our text is. I'm not going to pretend it's, I know what that's the horse. That's the horse. That oh, okay. That's yeah. what you were talking about. All right. I'm sorry. Now, uh, now I remember. And uh, all right. So, um, Jordan, do you have uh, any favorites uh, in terms of alternate reality, alternate timeline, Marvel characters that immediately come to mind? Am um, I am I stepping on anyone if I say Age of Apocalypse? I got a million no. others. No, no, no. It's well, okay. I, I'll, I'll, in my I'll, list. I, I, think we, on I, me. I actually think we all have Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. And uh, for the reason that I, you know, I knew the, the other guy's answers, um, I actually decided that, you know, in talking about Age of Apocalypse, I was going to focus on specifically the Wolverine with the clock hand. But mm -hmm. I was at the same time, I was thinking like, well, what's the ultimate, ultimate alternate uh, and that would be, of course, the uh, the great action figure for the Age of Apocalypse Wolverine, who we see on our Look screen. Look at him, handsome and, uh, devil. And Jordan, before yeah. you talk about Age of Apocalypse, uh, you did a a story for uh, Marvel Unlimited last year that was set during Age of Apocalypse. I'm the last person to play in the Age of Apocalypse, as far as I know. Uh, we we did a, a Krakoa set story about xavier who obviously wouldn't have been in age of apocalypse because age of apocalypse happened because he was murdered by his time traveling son uh uh back in time but uh so the idea yeah that's that's the that ultimate time traveling uh whoopsie doodle uh I, you know you go back in time to to kill your dad's greatest enemy and you accidentally kill your dad that that's a whoopsie yeah the mistakes happen and you alter all of them <laughs> 
history and time and apocalypse yeah. seizes power and turns the place into a nightmare. Uh, so the book we did was kind of, uh, uh, you know, we, Xavier was the one character we never would have seen there. So kind of it's a wonderful life with Xavier in in the age of apocalypse to experience what a world without him would be like. And uh, we got to kind of bring in some of the other characters who you didn't get to see in the original 90s series who were created since. So characters from, you know, the Morrison run, the Krakoa era, um, and reimagine them and, and create this new fun continuity. But to kind of take a step back, uh, you know, this came out, I think, in 96. And this was before the internet you know, and, uh, or the internet was there, but it wasn't ruining stories, you know, six months out. So they just canceled all the X books and I bought it hook, line, sinker. I'm like, that's it. That's oh. the end of the X-Men. Of course. Why would, why wouldn't they cancel their most popular book? Something, something must be wrong. And, um, and then that was it. And you didn't know, you just knew the X books were, were ending. And then they released this little ash can that, um, called like after X is age of the apocalypse. And all of a sudden you just saw these images of all your favorite heroes and Wolverine was missing a hand. Cyclops was missing an eye and Nightcrawler was a villain and uh Sabretooth was a hero. And it was like, everything was turned upside down. And I think it was shocking. And you just assume that this is what the X universe was from here on out. Like that you didn't know. Otherwise you weren't kind of, hip to, to the marketing tools they have now for doing these every once in a while as a crossover. So as a kid, I was like, oh my God, this is what X-Men is. This is crazy. It's dark. Half the characters are dead. Um, it's bleak. It's post-apocalyptic, literally. Uh, and um, it was amazing. And all the X-Books got renamed. Um, they ran for four issues in this universe. They were all telling one big story where um, Bishop was the only one who remembered the old universe. So he was trying to get the Mkron crystal and revert things back. And Magneto was, was running the X-Men and his team was sent out on this. And Gambit had his own X-Force team. And, you know, Cyclops was working for Sinister and was a bad guy. It was, it was, everything was upside down. And it was one of the most exciting crossovers because as far as you knew, this is what X-Men was going forward. Yeah, I uh, and, and it was a uh, uh, supposedly the uh, story I guess was inspired by an episode of uh, X Men the animated series where they they did a, a, you know prior to that they did something with this. I was reading about that online. I have not done the research to back it up, but there is a similar story. I don't know what the timeline is. Um, it's interesting that you talk about that because uh, let's see when they did this. I I don't know. I was like it was like right around the time I started college, I think. So I I did not buy it hook, line, and sinker. I was like, all right, uh, this is a gimmick, but it's a really cool gimmick. And it's during this time that uh, at a con I met Chris Claremont for the first time, and I I told him that uh, Uncanny X Men one fifty three, which is known as uh, as Kitty's fairy tale, it's a bedtime story she tells Ileana when she's still a child before she's a teen and before she's a child and before she dies and before she's a teen again, et cetera. Um, and uh, he's like, Oh yeah, but uh, they undid it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they undid everything. I'm like, is he fucking kidding me right here? Like, I, it's like, it's all going to go. Like, I know you're not writing it anymore. He was doing sovereign seven for DC at the time, but I'm like, yeah, all right. But it's like, you know, the, the, the story is going to run its course, but at no time did that take away from just how cool these variations of the character was it would have been interesting like at what point 
going through with this, if they knew 52 this, you know, if age of apocalypse, this is it going forward. At what point, how long would they have been like, yeah, I think we got to go back to the X mansion and uh, you know, all, all the stuff yeah. that uh, people are expecting, but it's how they don't really, uh, you know, that's why I was excited when you had your story, because it had been a while since I'd read anything in the uh, Age of mm -hmm. Apocalypse universe, you know, so it is it is fun to, to get to revisit it, you know. Yeah, it's just a, a, it's the ultimate what if one for me involving X-Men. And, um, you know, I think uh, the other thing that we have talked about, even looking at these, is that they had the best artists working on this at the time. Yes. Joe Matarera, Steve Eptix, you're getting all these incredible redesigns. Like just the costuming alone was so exciting because it really felt like a different world. Um, and, and the costumes kind of matched that. And then their legacy of it, which is it was so popular, you know, X-Man came over and yeah. uh, had so his the, own the, the Nate Gray variant of uh, Nathan Summers or... Where's the Charles in his name? Nathan, Charles is his middle Charles name. Charles Dayspring yeah. Ascani Summers, I believe. Yeah. This is entirely <laughs> Cable. Yeah, just a, just yeah. imagine, just imagine Cable's monogram towel. You know, yeah. just uh, the, the 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 cost to get a new one made. Yeah, so he was that younger version, uh, and I I legitimately I was glad that they continued that character's story because you really felt like okay, well, obviously when this goes back to to the, to normal. We're not going to see him again. And I thought that was actually pretty smart, you know, to like, well, there's there's actually a, a decent amount of uh, storytelling to do here. Um, and uh, so uh, and Michael, uh, so uh, Jordan uh, took your first one. Um, I'm going to present uh, another one yeah. that uh, that that you sent to me, uh, except uh, I, I've got uh, I've got so many windows, you know, it's uh, it's a little. It's like I'm looking at that one right now. So we'll see what I've got next for you. Okay. So okay. we had uh, we had this, and then yes, I thought this is what I yes. wanted to be the next one. This I'm not that familiar with this because I was still buying comics on a monthly oh basis God, when X Men 2099 happened. But yeah. um, it was at the point where I was like trying to buy less of them because I was, you know, <laughs> let's just say I was spending money on other things, but also. Uh, you know, the amount of time to sit and actually read them was uh, becoming a little bit more elusive. But I always thought that they looked cool. But I, I know almost nothing about X Men twenty ninety nine. So uh, yeah, talk yeah, a little yeah. bit about what it is that drew you to this book and why it came to mind when I asked you this question. Um, well, in nineteen ninety three, unlike you, you know, I wasn't spending all my money on like hookers, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> only part of it. The they, yeah, uh, they, they, yeah. It, it was they, they were known as back page girls in New York. That's <laughs> right. Go ahead. Uh, for me, this was just something that was kind of like unheard of. I really just yeah. enjoy. I, I I thought Spider Man twenty nine, uh, twenty ninety nine was really cool too. But this one so much more. Uh, for some reason, I found it really neat that we had no original X-Men and the only re real tie to the team from over a hundred years before was basically a character named Cerebra, which was basically kind of like a, well, not really, but, you know, a nod to Cerebro. Sure. Yeah. Um, and everyone's powers were like kind of similar, but different. Uh, Quicksilver, you know, has always been probably my 
favorite male character in the X-Men universe. And so Mean Streak was a real uh, big... He was my favorite. Uh, I, I thought their outfits were really cool. Like, when, you know, grunge was reigning supreme, like, these outfits and these looks are, are just fit in, like, really well. Uh, uh, but, like, back then I was, like, eight years old, I think, when this came out. So uh, I didn't really read them all. You know, I wasn't, like, collecting them every week. It was more, like, every once in a while when I would see the book, you know, uh, at a store, comic book shop, I'd, I'd get a few of them. And flash forward to many years later, I have every issue of X-Men 2099, uh, every one-shot, every Spider-Man book that, like, where they're incorporated, X-Men Blue. It's, it's, I don't know, it's it's just such let's, a let's, little... Let's not forget Generation X. Oh, <laughs> man I, I have every generation x i'm the same way with gen 13 i'm very much like this period of time uh, yeah. every super boy this period of time was really golden for me and this was just so special and new and different and no one was doing anything like this so it it just kind of all of that kind of all together made me really really like this book and uh I'm such a strange bird when it comes to comics. When I really, really love something, I find it really hard to finish it because it I don't want it to be over. And I've not even I've never read to the very end of X-Men 2099 because I don't want it to be over. I think it's so fun. Um I don't know. Have, did any of you guys catch that book at all? I'm sure you no. did, Jordan. I, I was know. all over it. I yeah. bought figures. I was all in. And I was like you. I was. I, I remember seeing the cover, and I was like, oh, these must be like Angel's Kid must be the red guy. with yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, this has nothing to do with that. This is its own thing, and it's just taking kind of the – the vibe of X-Men and the feared and hated thing and moving it into this future. And we're going to kind of carve our own path. I thought that was really unique to not tie it so directly. Cause you know, you have days of future past, all these things We're like, Oh, there's, you know, uh, Franklin Richards grown up and there's some kid I know or of two mutants. And this was like, no, we're our own thing. So I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, you sent me a, a few, and uh, one that I latched onto is a, it's a very interesting period. Obviously, uh, people are fully aware of the original Secret Wars, and there's also, you know, that time period brought us the Fantastic Four with She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. And what people might not necessarily remember if you weren't reading comic books at the time, She-Hulk was in the Fantastic Four because uh, Ben Grimm decided he wanted to stay on the the beyonders planet and uh he had the ability to turn back and forth between ben Grimm and the thing so it was obviously very uh very appealing and it was such an interesting you know they did it for i mean our like our real world time it was a couple of years you know yeah, that yeah. that he was there and it was really an interesting idea because clearly there was like there were no plans for that planet after that so uh you you chose kind of a, a great cover for our audio audience uh it's really just sort of him isolated uh, saying don't leave me tariana don't leave me on the stinking planet alone because uh that was sort of the other reason you know is uh you know 
exploring a brand new planet where you can control your abilities uh if you've got a lady friend it uh, it makes it a little bit more more fun but uh so i thought this was an interesting choice it's technically the main reality the main continuity of marvel but it is a, it is a completely alternate location that they go to here so talk a little bit about that eric sure uh yeah at the end of secret wars ben and christian please correct me if i'm wrong ben's the only one from all of them who opts to stay, right? Yeah, I, I but he's yeah. literally the only one. And and just to interject, the the time where he decides to go back to you know Earth, uh, the final page of that issue, it's there was no reason for that world to exist anymore. So the, that world basically disintegrates and is gone because the Beyonder's like, all right, well, I'm not I'm not entertaining Ben Grimm anymore. So yeah, uh, yeah I guess we'll get rid of it, which was. Such a weird thing to wrap my head around is I don't know how old I would have been, but it's probably, you know, like 10 or 11 at that point. But uh, I'm sorry. Finish your thought, Eric. Yeah, I yeah, I think I was just a year or two past. I I think I'm only a little older than you. And and so for me, like I, you know, remember reading that and it was heartbreaking. Like Ben stays there because it's almost like utopic for him. Yeah, Uh, he gets to do this thing he's always wanted to do back on Earth and he can't. And the end of it, I remember floored me because i this was one where i just kept reading and I, and again i was such a fan of secret wars that this was a thing that sort of kept it alive if you will a little longer um yeah so i, I guess in some ways i was a completist and uh but his story was really great on that planet but then right he loses his you know he falls in love up there even though he had the girlfriend back home um which also led to him having to come home and do some explaining i remember uh, which didn't yeah, go great. Yeah, one of one of the iterations of of Ms. Marvel, who herself became a thing. Basically, she you know ended up uh, being Rocky as well. So yeah, it's boy, it's it's tough to be Ben Grimm. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you know, at the end too, this idea that in some ways they were never real, like to yeah. begin with. Like if if they could disappear so quickly, then were they ever there to begin with? So it's like this one-two punch of he loses her. But then this idea he never really had her, so to speak. Um, I, I just remember, like, emotionally, I mean, it's been a lot of years since I've read this specific issue. I kind of want to reread it, read it now, to be honest. I think I probably still have it somewhere here. And it, it it was just one of those, like, I remember thinking about it for days later, the this, you know, bigger thing, like, what if, you know, love is fiction? It's like waking up from a dream where you meet someone and then yeah. you wake up and they never existed at all. And really powerful stuff and i think that's where also like i personally am not as versed or as interested in sort of the alternate universes i I mean i love me my spider-verse but you know i i didn't necessarily gravitate towards those you know uh titles set in the distant future uh but but this was one that i thought managed to sort of do a kind of a what if question like what if uh what if ben got to live his dream um, yeah. The problem with living a dream, you wake up and uh, very powerful, so powerful. All these years later, you and I both remember this pretty clearly. And it's been 30 plus years, uh, over yeah. 30 years, uh, closer to 40 uh, since this title. So that's a sign of pretty good writing. And uh, hopefully 40 years from now, by the way, they're talking about alternates and then uh, uh, minor crimes yeah. and everything else, too. You know, minor threats. Come on. Minor, minor, threats, minor crimes so sounds minor like, crimes minor crimes sounds like, like a new I'm Law right and Order right. spinoff. 
Yes. Law and Order. Minor well, but no, actually, I was talking about Minor Crime. I want actually, them to talk about Minor Crime. Actually, I think they have a major crime show. Just imagine yes. if it was Law and Order Minor Medium Crime. Medium Crime. Lower stakes. It was, yeah. it was like, it was like oh, I accidentally shoplifted. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Let me pay for it. I'm so sorry. Um, well, I'm going to. I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit and uh, go with uh, an alternate character that I loved as a kid. Oh, he yeah. was silly. Peter Porker. Peter baby. Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham, had his own series from uh, Star Comics, which was the uh, the kitty version. Um, and uh, they had Alf, they had Ewoks, and uh, uh, they had Heathcliff. And at, at one point, they also had Spider-Ham. So uh, long before uh, I had any idea who John Mulaney was and before John Mulaney had probably even written a joke. I'd already loved Spider-Ham and his inclusion in that first Spider-Verse. Uh, I just couldn't believe that I was getting to see him. And uh, I felt like they uh, they nailed it because it was such a silly idea. And it was really like a gag. I feel like maybe he showed up as like three pages and what the, which was like their, their comedy parody book. I actually don't know the first appearance of Spider-Ham. Maybe I should, but uh, I mean, they, you can see what we're looking at right there is issue 12. They got at least a year. I think they got about two years of Spider-Ham comics. And uh, I, I thought it was great. It was just silly. And I think, you know, the ability to kind of laugh at characters that I liked. And uh, this, this is not the only variant of, uh, of Spider-Man that I'm going to mention. Um, we, we won't go through uh, everybody's uh, entire list and spend as much time, but uh, Jordan, if you want to talk about a couple more, maybe that uh, come to mind as, as we talk about this, um, I, I actually don't know what uh, kind of uh, time constraints you might have. So uh, I don't yeah, I don't want to rush you, but I also don't want to drag down your whole day while we talk about this. No, I'm uh, happy to talk about a few few other ones. Um, Squadron Supreme is a huge one for me. Uh, I'm a big Mark Grunewald fan. Yeah. And, you know, letting him do his Justice League in an you know, alternate reality Marvel and then having those characters cross over. And they were used really well recently in the Jason Aaron uh, Avengers run as kind of uh, the devil's justice. Mephisto was running them, I think, or something like that. Uh, And um, And, uh, I have I have Squadron Supreme number one by uh, Mark Grunwald uh, ready to go because they were on my list, too. So uh, uh, sorry, I don't know. No, 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 no. It's good. For time's sake, it's great uh, that uh, there's uh, all this commonality. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I love the idea that it was like, you know, you can kind of just look at them, even if people aren't familiar with them, you can see like, oh, I know what DC characters uh, these are like, you know, and they don't they don't look similar enough Mm -hmm. to anyone where (laughs) it might be a lawsuit. But it's like, oh, it it was such a cool idea. And Mm. I remember they did like the 12 issue uh, Walt Simonson uh, Eternals around the same time. It was a really adventurous time for like people are going to commit a year of their time to some of these uh, interesting and different kind of stories, you know? Well, I think the story got really overshadowed by Watchmen. It comes out, I think, the same year. And they're playing with a lot of similar ideas. But I think if you haven't read this, it's a gem to go back and read. And then both Nighthawk and Hyperion have become pretty big characters in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Hyperion was an Avenger uh, in the... Uh, Hick, Hickman run, I think. Um, Nighthawk's gotten his own miniseries pretty recent, pretty recently, I think. So they ended up they they were toys that stuck. You know, they were brand new inventions in a brand new world. And I think um, 
a lot of writers were excited to go back and play with them and they became Avengers foils and, you know, um, and, and things like that. So I think, you know, if you haven't discovered this, this story, it's a great hidden gem. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Drew, I'm going to just probably need to text you whenever I'm conversationally not able to come up with something. Daniel looked it up. So Spider-Ham's first appearance is Marvel Tales, T-A-I-L-S. I do remember this. Starring Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. It was a one-off before they gave him his own uh, series. Uh, I, personally, as as somebody who would never poo-poo a pun, I would have stuck with Marvel T-A-I-L-S for every issue. I, I would have ah! Marvel Tales. Um, but yeah, I, but back to Squadron Supreme. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I, you know, it, it was one of the first ones I thought of. And uh, I think it's it's kind of a, a great, you know, and, and it always reminds me of the uh, there's a there's an issue of uh, Quasar who shows up uh, in my list uh, where he's having a race of all the fastest Marvel characters. And uh, then a guy comes from a different dimension and his uniform is, is ripped to such an extent. And he has complete amnesia and he has no idea who he is, but he decides he'll run in this race. And it was such a genius way to get the flash to run into the race because he's like, yeah, this guy, I, I don't know what his name is. He doesn't even know what his name is, but Hey, you want to run in a race? Yeah, I'm really fast. Okay, great. Oh, okay. You want to go home? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it was a fun, it was a fun workaround, you know, yeah. and, and this is the ultimate workaround. I'm like, yeah, but what if, uh, what if Superman uh, visited, uh, you know, Captain America, what would that be like? You know, years before we got Marvel versus DC. Obviously. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my, my next one, which is yeah. the amalgam universe. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is smushing superheroes together. So you had, uh, Superboy and Spider-Man was Spider-Boy. You had Wolverine and Batman was Dark Claw. Um, there was X-Patrol was Doom Patrol and X-Men. It, it was really fun. I actually liked it better than the Marvel vs. DC crossover, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, I a, lot of, I have a lot of those comics. Uh, and Magneto's, like, running the X-Men. and It's the Metal Men. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Magneto and the Metal Men. Or yeah, yeah. That's so such a fun yeah i think we won't probably get until disney buys dc oh, no <laughs> disney throws warner brothers a lifeline it's like you yeah. know you're practically walking distance you, you want us to just you want us to just buy the water tower that the animaniacs live in and the, the whole thing um yeah and I, what i remember about amalgam is there's like the you know the the image of uh, superman and he's holding uh, mjolnir and captain america's shield at the same time you know and uh yeah uh stuff like that look there's times where uh fan service uh should not be something to turn your nose up at sometimes it's just great and it's like it's awesome you know yeah. and you're like yeah this is what i want you know getting uh, all these kind of things well uh, michael it's it over it's welcome because it was uh, there yeah. was just one issue one shots of like wouldn't this yeah. be fun here we're just going to throw you into this continuity that never existed and we're done the gag's yeah. over you know um michael what are uh, a couple of uh yours that you want to make sure we talk about and uh, you know you you can yeah, feel yeah, free yeah, to yeah, just kind of yeah. go through all of them uh really yeah yeah i was gonna i would have mentioned the amalgam instead of my last one that i Sent you. I don't know if you even want to make mention of Crokey. Uh, uh, well, but... we'll get to Crokey, but uh, yeah. So one that you sent is Spider Punk, who I, I think yes. a lot of people discovered for the first time in mm -hmm. the second Spider Verse movie. Yeah. 
He's and, become uh, like a real big fan favorite. Like when they do variants with him, they're usually one in 50, one in a hundred. That was a one in a hundred. That's a hundred dollar comic book. That is one that I wish I had, uh, but wow. I don't. The cover artist, he just really outdid himself um, on the whole. I think it was a five issue series. But right. basically, Spider Punk is another timelines version of spider-man and prowler put together and he's a rock star spider-man and it's he is my favorite spider-man he is me if i was spider-man i just i just love him uh i don't want to well you're saying if you were spider-man but you know you're a hero to uh all of us and um Yes. Talk about Gen Whoa. X. Yeah, this kind of touches on what Jordan was saying earlier about what. By the way, let me uh, let me zoom in on the credits there. Look who's yes. responsible for Gen X. Yes. Chris Claremont. Yes. Yes. Friend, Chris... friend of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris was the creator or mastermind writer behind Gen X, which is basically uh, what Jordan might have thought. X Men twenty ninety nine was going to be. It's the son of uh, Gambit and uh, Rogue is their leader. Uh, you get Emma Frost and Scott Summers' child. You get Storm's kid. You get uh, Polaris and Colossus, which that makes a lot of sense when you think about the metal. <laughs> uh, you get their kid. Uh, you get. Uh, Franklin Richardson. Uh, it, it's really short. They did two two runs of it. I think they were both five issues each. So I think to see to read the whole series, it would be ten issues. Uh, and they're they never even really even have a team name. It's not a typical normal superhero comic book thing. Lines are kind of more blurred. Uh, but that's just the kind of thing that I just live for th when it comes to futures. So, like, I, so I you're saying it. there's only about 10 issues. Uh, if, it, it, you know, and, and, and I could put in the ask, if we were to do an interview with Claremont just about Gen Next, how long do you think he could talk about those 10 issues? You know, I, I have no idea what he thinks about it. It, it was a little right. bit ago. It wasn't that long you, ago. You, ne I, I you never know. Sometimes you get the answer. Sometimes you get the answer of like, well, it was a paycheck. But uh, I yeah, feel like it would be, you but you never that. know. It's true. You could get that answer. Christian, and say, it would Eric, begin with us. No, Christian, it would begin with us interviewing him and end with our children uh, finishing the interview. <laughs> Black cast next. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you joke, but I've thought about it. Uh, this is who you were talking about. Is uh, wh what do you call uh, alligator Loki or a crocodile? Well, Loki? I looked it up. His name is Croaky. I guess his name is Crokey. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I threw that in just for laughs because everyone knows how much I despise the MCU Loki. The Chris, H the, the, sorry, the Tom Hiddleston. Uh, Loki. You, yeah. you like you the you Prince like of Lies from the comics. I don't? Yeah. It's, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what we can do with him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So th that was the list uh, you sent me. And uh, Eric, uh, we'll kind of scroll through. Uh, do your whatever ideas. you got to do. It's all good. No, no, no. It's I, I, I want to get to some of them. Uh, and so, uh, that was the one we showed earlier. 
Um, and then the, as you describe, you can see the hot Nicholson-esque Dr. Doom, which mm. that's just actually from Secret Wars. The, uh, that's allegedly what his face would look like if it wasn't all burned. So that's the very handsome, but you're 100% right. He does look like Jack in The Shining. And oh, this, yeah. this, and oh my thing, God. He does. This in the Thing series, it's Battle World. And then Battle World leads to the, the new Secret Wars, which was an alternate reality. Where right. Doom, yeah, uh, Doom runs that. So this that's all not Secret Wars Two. Secret Wars Two is the Beyonder uh, with a mullet and like a, like, a, like, a, like a like a Michael Jackson yeah. thriller jacket yeah. walking around trying to learn about Look, being looking human. like a, a Miami Vice villain, basically. Yeah, exactly. Spider Man teaches um, him how to poop. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you had uh, Old Man Logan, which uh, my list includes uh, film version Logan, which yeah. uh, which I was a huge fan of. But obviously, this is also phenomenal. The the Hawkeye we get in this, and just you know, some of the things that we don't have for obvious reasons in the on screen version. Uh, Old Man Logan is a is definitely a great one. And then uh, you have Superior Spider Man, which isn't really. It's it, you know it's yeah I know it's actual it's, canon six one six but it is an alternate version of the character and it's great to you know sort of what Jordan was talking about in terms of thinking that Age of Apocalypse was forever you know Dan Slott always knew what he was going to do but he loved that everybody thought I can't believe you killed Peter Parker and now so Doc good. Ock is well, Spider Man and like he's like. Yeah, it is terrible that I did that, isn't it? Next question. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw the uh, Justice League episode. I think it was called The Great Brain Robbery, where Lex Luthor and Flash switch brains. Um, yeah. I love that episode because it's the idea of what would Flash be like if Lex Luthor was at the at the wheel. And he's just doing he's just causing chaos. And it also has one of the great jokes in the whole series where now I can finally see who the Flash is. He takes off the mask, looks at the mirror. I'm like, I have no idea who this is, <laughs> which is <laughs> a great is payoff. Great. But but I, anytime I feel like, you know, I always like when, you know, even I got a power pack just off screen here, like when they would switch powers. I always find that kind of, yeah. it, it's a really nice way to sort of almost like uh, put a new fresh coat of paint on the content. Uh, so yeah, all of a sudden you put Doc Ock, and that was a really nasty version of Doc Ock, too. I love the design of him. Um, and so him all of a sudden being inside Peter Parker's body, I think it just opened up lots of great uh, storytelling possibilities. A very controversial entry you had here. Uh, people, uh, yeah. this is one of the most hated panels in yep. Marvel Comics history. Uh, wait, but you guys scroll down because there's a comparison I make that I think is actually pretty important. So, because, uh, so hail Hydra yeah. from Captain America and gave you all the Sergeant Slaughter heel turn feels when, uh, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, it's crazy. Boy, boy, the eighties were a wild time. <laughs> what they were doing over at WWF, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when Sergeant Slaughter became an Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, Those you did talk about Manthing in werewolf, uh, werewolf by night, which, uh, oh, you I, and I, I were lucky enough <laughs> to see on the big screen. You talk about zombie Wanda, and uh, I had to make sure we showed the uh, <laughs> X Men Origins Wolverine version of Deadpool, which you mean real boy, that's Deadpool? The, that's the ultimate alternate. The fact that we ever got Ryan Reynolds as the Deadpool we mm -hmm. got uh, is is definitely a little bit uh, crazy, um, and it's I think important. And I'll don't worry, I'll I'll rush through uh, my list to some extent. But uh, I think the fact that uh, you included one of what we know is one of Jordan's favorite characters, okay. Turner D. Century, 
Uh, and I, so... I had a very special message with that, which said, I'm going to start a letter writing campaign to make sure that one day Jordan gets that character in his stable, because uh, I know you would do remarkable things with him. Um, so uh, this, this it begins here, it begins now. Your mom should be. I appreciate it. Bringing, I really appreciate it. You should that. be behind the bicycle. One day. I mean, whenever, whenever I hear Turner D Century, I'm reminded of uh, the fact that like one of the one of the rules for the writers' room at uh, SNL when they started was no silly names. You know, they felt like they that's not their gimmick. And Turner D Century is the silliest of names. <laughs> However, it is also the perfect name. And yeah. uh, no notes, no complaints uh, for Turner D Century. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we touched on the, you know, conversationally, we talked about the days of future past. And I think that that is a, it's a perfect really example of, you know, sort of the, the concept of the ultimate, ultimate timeline, what could happen, you know, and Jean Grey had just died in the books and yet she, there she was alive. And so, one of my biggest, and this is of no surprise to Michael, is, of course, uh, Rachel Summers, who I know at different times has been known as Rachel Gray. But uh, the, this era when she went from, you know, being the time traveling hound and then took over the Phoenix Force going on to Excalibur, which uh, is a, a very near and dear to my heart, Excalibur, uh, because it had it had Rachel, it had Kitty, it had Nightcrawler. It was like, they literally took my favorite X-Men out of the X-Men book and were like, well, what if they went and lived in England? I'm like, yeah, right, I'm in. I'm in for that, uh, 100%. Um, but in this any case- This is such a great uh, cover, I, by the way. Yeah, yeah this, uh, so Uncanny okay. X-Men 199, uh, John Romita Jr. and the, uh, just, uh, we talked about it last week, they just departed, uh, Dan Green uh, did the inks on this. Uh, this is, I, I showed uh, Uncanny 207, uh, I believe last week, being one of my, no, being my favorite cover of all time. This is way up there. Um, and uh, it's it's such a great image. She really doesn't wear that, that outfit for very long, but uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's great in this this image, you know. And then the next issue has the trial of Magneto with the big M on his shirt, and you're like, "Who was thinking that was a good idea?" But anyway, no. I I digress uh, in that. I think that should uh, be my Halloween costume, actually. You 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 should be Rachel Summers. In, in, oh, in, Phoenix! In, I thought you were saying Magneto. No, 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 no. Do, do they make that in Burley? Yeah. Yes, the, the, yes, the skin-tight um, mutant hound outfit. Yeah. Yes, they do. I want to see uh, Eric in spandex. Uh, Michael, right. well, there's the right always time for that. See me in all sorts of things. It's been hiding in plain sight <laughs> the whole time, but uh, this has been behind me. But the the Japanese version of of Spider Man, and there's a great uh, whatever that Disney Plus series is like uh, the the um, sort of like about the characters. There's an episode of it uh, the, about this, and they interview the actor in the present day. I mean, it's preposterous. There's no tie to Spider-Man. I mean, he's fighting giant robots. If if I wasn't worried about copyright strikes, I would have had to play some footage <laughs> from it. But I think oh, the, the honestly, theme song's amazing. As 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 Vince Scully said on a very important night to Eric and myself, uh, if a picture is worth a thousand words, uh, Spider-Man kicking a giant a guy in a rubber suit is one hundred percent it. Is that Crab um, Louie? an alternate version of, of uh, Crab Louie yeah. um, but he's been adopted one... into the comics now he was I, what, am I wrong was he not in Spider-Verse in one of the 
the crossovers? I, I think in, in the book he showed up. I just wanted him in the movie so badly. And yeah. then when he wasn't I in the sequel. Did too. I'm, I, he's I'm probably still... in there somewhere, honestly. I mean, there's so uh, many Spider-Man in that. I, so I the, um, Reese, but go ahead, Michael. Reese, the, the issue right before, well, they call it the, the first issue of where Spider-Boy is, which we all know the original Spider-Boy was an amalgam property. Yep. But the issue before Spider-Boy was introduced just a few months ago, I have the variant cover of the issue before, and it features that Japanese Spider-Man with a giant okay. kaiju. Uh, yeah. So I do feel like they have, they recognize him as part of their yeah. continuity. What you're trying to say is game recognizes game. And what I want to end with is my least favorite variant. I have talked about this before. <laughs> I've used this cover before. Michael knows what it is. Uh, what if was really might as well have been called uh, hit or miss. I'm talking about the series. And um, it was a lot of like, I, sometimes I felt like it was like the old magnet poetry where they took a character name and then there was a lot oh. of different things and then they just put it together. Uh, and it's this one. What if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? I'll tell you what if. <laughs> I don't care. But uh, they did a sequel to it, which is what if Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires during Inferno? Because it has this cover, you know, and of course the Punisher's on it. Too. This is this is like, you know, 93, somewhere in there. So this is like, it's got everything you need. It's got Frank Castle in the back. It's got Wolverine, uh, you know, biting the neck of Jean Grey. So sometimes alternate realities uh, should stay really uh, where they are. That's 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 my thought. But uh, but the of course, the alternate that we're all fond of is the alternates. Uh, and uh, Jordan, it is available now uh, wherever uh, comics can be found. And if for some reason your store doesn't have it, I'm sure you can say, hey, you know what you should do is you should order the alternates. Um, and uh, or if I, you don't I, have I a store, I, it's available on Comixology on Amazon. So you can read it digitally. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, you're uh, able to uh, plug your your product properly. I actually didn't even think of that. What a dummy! <laughs> so, I never know yes, if we're supposed if, to plug that, but I'm going to anyway because I just want people to read it. I, you know, it's that's that's the big thing. Right. It, yeah. It's like it's like during that time period when movies were in theaters, but then also streaming. It was be like now in theaters and on HBO Max. You know, it was like it was like oh, we don't we don't necessarily want uh, everybody uh, to know. Um, well, uh, Jordan, uh, thank you uh, so much for your time. Uh, if uh, people want to continue the conversation with you about uh, the alternates, some of the alternate reality characters we discussed, uh, where can they find you? You're you're still on Twitter now that it's X, right? I I only refer to it as Twitter. Uh, yes, I hate it. I hate that place, but I'm there. If you yeah. need me uh, at Bloom Jordan, I will respond. Uh, I'm also on all those other ones, same handle. Uh, you know, I hate social media, but I'm there. Yeah, it I'm is a it is a necessary evil. I find yeah. that uh, you know there's there can be good things about it. Uh, you know, and uh, it's very useful for promoting things. I have a lot of shows that I want people to know about, uh, and it is the best way to do it. Obviously, when you have a new book out uh that uh, is the perfect spot for it uh well uh, jordan thank you uh for always being so generous with your time uh we we will let you go uh, and I, i'm gonna navigate uh, some of the the chat before we uh, end the show but uh oh, cool. thank, thank you, you so guys. much for joining Seriously, us yeah. awesome always fun to hang and talk comics with everyone here 
Thanks, Jordan. All right. Absolutely. And that's our pal, Jordan Bloom. And again, the alternates is available everywhere. Uh, I don't know about uh, you guys, but uh, I am. Oh, this is funny because uh, Daniel Drew at the beginning of the chat, he actually told us because this was sort of a uh, lingering. This was our, uh, our cliffhanger from last week. He successfully met, got stuff signed, and got photos with Chris Claremont, Brian Michael Bendis, and David Mack on Friday. Saw a friend I'd not seen since December on my birthday on Saturday. Uh, that's a great weekend, honestly. And um, I'm very glad. Could that, happen uh, to a nicer guy. Yeah, I'm glad that you got the, you got the pictures you wanted. You got to, to see the people. The only thing missing would have been if uh, the Marvels had like opened on Sunday, that would have been your, maybe the Thursday before that would have been the perfect weekend for you, Daniel. Um, but uh, yeah. And uh, if you previously sent in some of your favorite uh, alternate reality characters, please uh, let us know as we start to wind things uh, down here. Um, and this was uh, Daniel talking about the amalgam characters from the Superman Batman uh, 2009 issues. Uh, it's okay. We can talk about the other universes occasionally. Uh, Doomstroke, which was Doomsday and Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, when you play with it, and you know, I had I had mentioned, you know, I sort of brushed past that past days of future past because it's it's such a it's it's well, it's a fixed point in time, as they might say. And uh, it's, you know, so much revolves around that story. And that's why I just uh, focused on Rachel uh, stemming from there. And uh, hey, uh, Michael, do you have any uh, good uh, variant covers with Rachel on it? Maybe dressed up to go anywhere fancy or am I? Uh, well, I didn't pull anything to bring onto the show right. today. But I will say, since we had just mentioned that Born Again, that, that X-Men cover with um, Rachel with Rachel. Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, 2020 uh, X-Force did a great homage version of that uh, making that look a little more realistic uh, which I highly recommend if any of you haven't seen it or own it take a look at it it's uh, really cool yeah um, but because really I have cool this one ready to load uh, we will uh, we'll take a look at uh, this one for sure so um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that, uh, look, we've, we've more than overstayed our welcome. Thank you to everybody who's still in the chat. Thanks for Jordan for sticking around more than an hour. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, having some stuff with the Marvels to talk about, uh, you know, threw off my game plan a little bit, but I'm excited to talk about that. I'm excited to talk about everything. And I'm also excited for next episode, which, uh, at the moment, the plan is, that we will uh, follow up our uh, very popular Hulk episode by watching oh. the 2011 no. Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton, as promised, as requested by <laughs> Michael Shirley. Um, there's a couple of other special shows in the work uh, in the works that uh, I can't confirm at this moment. So uh, we are going to do that as of right now, next Thursday. Sorry, what day do we do the show? Next Wednesday. Um, Daniel Drew wanted to make sure I saw this comment. So sad that we never got uh, AOA, uh, Age of Apocalypse, and animation after that Wolverine and the X-Men animated series ended in an Age of Apocalypse cliffhanger. 
I'm going to admit that I haven't seen all of uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. I definitely I checked it out either. because I was interested, but oh. um, I'm kind of interested in seeing that right now. Now that It's you on Disney+. It. Plus. Of course it is. Uh, and uh, thank you, Daniel, for uh, calling that to my attention. And, uh, you know, there's only so many things for me to do, uh, you know, at once. I, I was spinning a few plates today while I was uh, trying to find uh, some pictures and uh, having great conversation with our pal, Jordan oh. Bloom. Cam Egan throws in. I'll let you go in a second, uh, Eric. Cam uh, Egan, oh, uh, I can't wait okay. to see Kamala's family again and their interactions with Fury, Monica, and Carol. Uh, that does actually. <laughs> that is something I hadn't thought about. Just, you know, Nick Fury, you know, busting in the door to their house and uh, Kamala's dad, uh, you know, might not. Uh, and, as long as uh, Nick Fury's uh, wife is in it, wait, you know, that's all wait. I care about now. Don't don't get me started. Don't even get me started. Cammy uh, mm. Egan says, I'll have to go pick up Jordan's it's comics as a birthday, birthday present myself on Friday. Wait, it's Cammy Egan's birthday on Friday. And did Daniel just say that it was his birthday last weekend? Uh, happy birthday is, isn't in public domain. So we'll just we'll just say happy birthday. You know, <laughs> we'll we'll do like a show with no budget and we'll sing for he's a jolly good fellow. Uh, or we'll just uh, say uh, happy birthday uh, to all of you. Um, Eric Connor, when and where can people find you? When is all the time over at Count Eric Connor on X as well as an Instagram. And if I don't know if anyone's listening is in the Valley, uh, <laughs> Burbank Culture Arts Commission have a big fall festival September 30th. You can go to burbankarts.com to find out about it, but it should be fabulous screening nightmare before christmas and having multiple bands and performers so it will be a hoot as the it's young a, kids is it, is it at johnny carson park Did it I is see at that? johnny carson yeah. park in burbank yeah. i'm almost positive i have uh, somewhere to be with the family that night we it's the the mooncake festival so uh ah, damn you mooncake because we're we're planning to have them see nightmare before christmas on the big screen uh before uh halloween so that would have been perfect so everybody else go, um, except Michael, because uh, he's established. Michael's that. welcome as well. He's welcome, but he's not going to be able to go. It's not that, <laughs> that he shouldn't go. Uh, Michael, if yeah. you would like to be found, uh, where could that be? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at, you guys ready? Michael X Shirley. And on Instagram where I am. A little more active at I hate Michael Shirley. Absolutely. And of course, you can find me Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. Uh, if you like me, you're in the minority. But if you like me, you can check me out uh, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Who Are These Broadcasters over on the Who Are These Podcasts Network. Uh, we had a pretty amazing collection of clips. And uh, there's one in particular that I kind of had to see where the comedy afterwards went before I decided whether or not I'd be posting the link on social media. So you go ahead and check out that episode and you tell me if you can pick out which clip. I will tell you it's very obvious which clip it is that <laughs> I was like, Ooh, where's this going to go? Uh, so you can find that uh, in, let's see, in a little bit more than an hour, uh, there'll be an episode of the Blackcast. Remember that show streaming live on the Blackcast YouTube channel, B L A D T C A S T. We commemorate the 30th anniversary of the Chevy Chase show. 
And about an hour into it, we had only gotten through the first 15 minutes. So there's going to be a part two, but part one will be streaming at two o'clock today. That's Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern uh, with uh, my buddy Tom Kelly and Liam McEnany. Uh, We are just uh, going through that. And uh, oddly enough, uh, you'll you guys will appreciate this. We were showing a clip from it from the Chevy Chase show that I had watched the clip a few times. And I saw somebody that I worked with there. And I so I had to message him like, you work on the Chevy Chase show? And um, he did. And he only had nice things to say about Chevy. So I was uh, wow. no, longer in, no longer interested in his conversation. So. <laughs> What's well, like, Christian, I met someone who worked on Cop Rock. And I felt, like, I felt like I had met like someone who had seen God, you know, I, personally. The amount I, of time. Yeah. Uh, she gave right. me, in fact, I, because I was such a fan, it was like a mutual friend. She gave me a copy of the pilot and then behind the scenes and bloopers and stuff. One of the greatest gifts. I only met her once, but I, I think I was the one fan of cop rock that she had ever met in life. her life. So now I have to ask, and I know that we're, uh, we're creeping on an hour and a half, but are you ironically a fan of cop rock oh, okay, or did you yeah, love? Yeah. No, cop no, rock? I'm not, I'm not, you know, I haven't had that much head trauma in my time. Okay. No, no, it's, okay. no. It's, I, it's, I, they're it's, two very different conversations. One it's of horrible. them, it's it's the most horrible thing ever. But one, I mean, so is the one of them. I, I one of them. I message your wife and try to set up an intervention. The other <laughs> one uh, is. Oh, is, I I got three scheduled this week. Don't worry about oh, it. All right, uh, and uh, we will be back next Wednesday at eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern. Uh, right here on Geekscape for more Marvel movie talk. Uh, we will be talking about the Incredible Hulk, which um, with our guest Liv like Tyler. A, I can reach out. I can I can put out an I can put out an ask, and uh, I contend that it's better than the Ang Lee Hulk. But um, we will see. Mm-hmm. You let us know what you think in the comments, uh, and of course, I can be found on Twitter. And Instagram at Christian DMZ. That is all the time we have for now, but we will see you next time here on Marvel Movie Talk. And as the great Stan Lee would say, Excelsior! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.